It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, go to ellerslie.com. So Eric, we're in the middle of a life lesson series. We're walking through some of our favorite life lessons that we've gleaned over however many years we've been we've been alive, which for you is longer than for me. Well, wait a minute. What, what do you mean by that? Well, I just like had a birthday, but so, so did you. So uh, <laughs> we're getting older. <laughs> you're just trying to deflect the I attention am. my way because I, you're starting to feel a little older. I am. I, I, I've actually started feeling it maybe for the first well, night. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> we're both old. Uh, that being said, we want to look at this idea of provision in this particular episode. But before we even unpack the concept, will you share the story of the Mayflower screw? Because I think it's actually a great illustration of just how God works all throughout history. So, you know, we're not in the Thanksgiving time of year, otherwise it would be, you know, perfect. But uh, it's, a, it's a pilgrim story. And the pilgrims uh, are going to go through a tremendous amount of persecution, which is one of the reasons why they're going to come to this new world uh, we know as America. And uh, so they finally leave the ports uh, in England, and they're on their way. And it's, you know, it's sort of that, whew, uh, just take a deep breath. We're finally on the boat. We're making our way across the Atlantic. And, you know, there's a new home. There's a new future. And halfway across the Atlantic, something terrible happens. And that is the mast of the ship of the Mayflower snaps. It's not a good thing. From what I understand, you know, I'm not a ship expert, but this was a big deal. I mean, this the, is like a airplane engine yeah, uh, going stalling, out yeah. over the Atlantic, you know? <laughs> and so it's a bad situation. The captain and the crew are not Christian. They don't understand the faith of the pilgrims. And they're a little closer to England than they are to this new world. And so the captain and his crew want to turn around and head back to England, to, to the pilgrims. That is the worst possible situation. But to fix this and to mend the, uh, the, the mast is basically in everyone's mind impossible. And so this is where the story comes in. Okay, so you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. You don't have a cell phone. You don't, you, you don't have any way of communicating with the shore. There's no supply line that, that could possibly come. And you have a broken mast. What do you do? The pilgrims had a, an idea or a concept that we're actually bringing up today. Now, we don't have the same language the pilgrims had. They called it the means of grace. And I don't know that we have a better name for it. We could just call it the same thing. But to us, we're using the term provision and this is a life lesson. I mean, for, for most people, they'd be like, okay, life lesson provision. This is, and there's a concept to it that is so beautiful and so powerful. The pilgrims believed, as we do, that they are being led by God in their life, that God knows where they're headed, and therefore he's able to see ahead where they're going and is able to make supply for where they're going. And that is ironically the word provision, pro vision. It's vision ahead of time. And so we believe that God is our provider, which means we believe that he sees where we're headed and he is going to make that provision or that supply for when we need it. They call that the means of grace. In every situation, every trauma and every difficulty and every challenge, God has a solution. He'll have wisdom for you. He'll have provision for you. So how do they respond? In the middle of the Atlantic, they gather to pray. And they pray with faith, saying, God, you have brought us this far. We trust that your design for us is to head to the new world, but we have a broken mast. 
we need to know what you would have us do because we know that you have made provision for this moment. Now, I don't know that most of us would have done that. And that's what's so interesting about this story and so profound in its impact in our lives is that as, as you and I sort of reflect upon this story, we see the character of God revealed in, in such a beautiful way because I, like the pilgrims, believe that God does see my situation and will make supply. We've seen this at Ellerslie so many times. So I don't know who it was in the group, but as they're praying, they have a thought. Now, they would have needed some kind of device, like a huge screw that would tie this whole thing together, but it would be so big. I mean, who carries around a screw that size to be able to fix this mast? And someone, one of the pilgrims has a thought, and they go down into the hull of the boat, and they go to Bradford's printing press that he brought along. And the strangest thing, but there's this huge metal screw that holds that whole printing press together, and they all start rejoicing because it's the exact size needed to repair the mast in the middle of the Atlantic. That is a remarkable story because what's remarkable, I don't know what's more remarkable, the fact that they actually believed that in the middle of the Atlantic, God had an, an answer for their problem or the fact that God beforehand is going to slip in this screw into the hole of the boat knowing that they're going to need it in the middle of the Atlantic. I, I love it. Either way. And, and who brings a massive printing press on a boat journey? <laughs> it's such an elaborate story. Yeah, uh, I can't even envision this screw. I don't know what, you, what, what my mental picture is of this huge screw. It's like, who even makes a screw like that? <laughs> but I love the fact that this is just merely a, a picture of God's character. Uh, one of my favorite stories is in Genesis 22, where God's leading Abraham to, to sacrifice Isaac. And, and in, that, in that whole story, God shares his name as Jehovah Jireh, that he is that provider, right? He, he gives that ram in the thicket. And it's so easy to be like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for these grand stories, or it's, it's okay, Abraham, and, and okay, for the, for the pilgrims, and, and maybe for Eric at Ellerslie once in a while. <laughs> but, but it's not for the normal person. And, and yet what's amazing is that when, when we look at the names of God, right, it is a showcase of his character, which means he's always been a provider. He is a provider. He always will be a provider. And I love that meditation because it doesn't mean that you have to be super spiritual. It doesn't mean you have to be Abraham or Eric Ludi. Uh, you, you could just be average <laughs> Joe and experience the reality that God is my provider. And, and I think it's so important in the days in which we live especially as things get crazier, mm -hmm. to recognize that God can actually see ahead, that, that God can bring about supply. Mm -hmm. And there's so many good stories throughout Christian history yeah. that just illuminate this. We were talking about just several of them that we could bring up. But will you just even mention the Moses story? Because I think yeah. that's just another great picture of just seeing this hand of God in his sovereignty to bring about provision in our need. So Moses is going to see miracle after miracle. I mean, we see 10 plagues. I mean, extraordinary power of God on, on display in Egypt. The death angel is going to pass over, knock out the firstborn son of all uh, the Egyptians. And, you know, Pharaoh's going to say, get out of town, right? So they go on this three-day journey to the edge of the Red Sea. And somewhere in that, uh, you know, turn of events, Pharaoh's going to realize he made a mistake and he's going to sort of get his game on again. And he's going to get his powerful military together and they're going to go in pursuit of their slaves that they believe are still theirs even though they just set them free. So Moses is in a difficult situation and when you're a leader you know it's not fun to be in these situations but what is amazing to me is Moses's mentality. Now part of this if you read the Jewish histories the oral histories throughout uh, the time not just what's in the scripture but even what the Jews have passed down through like Josephus their historian uh, that lived in the time of Christ. It's, it's actually rather remarkable 
the way that Moses is presented in this situation, because I always try and picture what I would be doing as a leader. It's like, yeah, God, I don't think you thought this through. It's like you set us free and you do all this great work, but then you should have just killed off the Egyptians because they're coming after us again and we don't have any weapons to fight them. And if you think about it, from the human vantage point, you could actually question God in this situation. Moses doesn't do that. The Israelites do, and they pick up stones to stone Moses, according to Josephus. And they're not doing well. They're hot under the collar saying, what have you done? Look what you've done. We were perfectly fine back here in Egypt, and now you take us out to the middle of nowhere for us to die? And Moses handles it very differently than most people would. He believed that God had brought them to that moment that this was God's territory. And according to Josephus, I I hate to quote Josephus instead of just the Bible on this, but most of us know the biblical account. We don't oftentimes see this other lens, which is very intriguing to me, that Moses was so convinced that God had a solution for them, that he wouldn't lead them to the edge of the Red Sea, only to have them killed at the hand of the Egyptians. And that's where most of us fall short, is we just look at the Egyptian army coming after us, and we get mad at God, instead of turning to God in faith and saying, God, why have you brought us here? Show your power. Demonstrate your provision right now. And so Moses was so convinced that he knew God would get them out of there. So how is he going to do it? Oh, he didn't know. But it could be he flattens the mountains and they get across, you know, on, on uh, you know, sneak away that way. Or it could be that they, he parts the Red Sea and they walk across on dry ground, which, of course, he did. Or listen to this one. They could all fly and just fly out of there and get away from the Egyptians. You know, I never thought about that. Which one. sounds ridiculous, yeah. but that's no more ridiculous than opening the Red Sea. That's right. And that's walking across on to, dry yeah. land. Yeah. And then having that same sea swallow up the Egyptians. It's an extraordinary story. Yes. But what's extraordinary also is not just what God is going to do, but how Moses is going to respond. And that's the life lesson here is how do we respond when the mast breaks in the middle of the Atlantic? How do we respond when we're backed up against the Red Sea? How do we respond when we get to Moriah and we cannot figure out how God is going to do this? Because God, obedience would mean a terrible loss here. And I I can't even fathom how that works. God, I need your wisdom. Show me what to do. And to see God's provision on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And you could say, when the mast breaks in the middle of the Atlantic, it will be provided. When you are backed up to the Red Sea, it will be provided. When you reach Mount Moriah, it will be provided. Amen. And I think it's important to remember, too, that God is always providing. But typically, we only see the provision when we're in those crisis moments. It's when we're at the Red Sea, or it's when we're sacrificing Isaac, or it's when the mast breaks. And it's in those moments, actually, our faith is tested in God's provision. In other words, I, I don't need to be right. tested in my faith when things are going well. A lot of times, I don't, I'm not seeing God's provision in those moments. But it's when things get hard and when things get crazy and things all around me seem impossible, that's actually the best times to stand in confidence right. in our faith in our God. Because we know that, okay, it's totally impossible, yeah. and yet I can still trust in what he's about to do. Can, can we just make this really practical, just as a way to close? If I'm listening to this I'm saying, okay, God, God is God of provision. A- amen. Uh, he supplies in impossible situations. Uh, amen. But how do we begin to walk in that reality? In other words, do you have a, just a simple step for mm-hmm. someone who's listening to say, okay, here's one way that I could begin to begin to see, maybe, maybe either see God as a God of, mm-hmm. as a God of provision or B for me to begin to practice my faith mm-hmm in him as the provider. Yeah, at least I'll give it a shot. Here, I know what works for me. I can't say what works for everyone. 
And like for me, this story in, in Genesis 22 is very useful and practical for me visually because I, I picture Abraham struggling to walk this out, right? This, is, this can't be easy for the guy, right? But he's taking one step and putting it in front of another and moving towards Moriah. Meanwhile, God is doing what God does. And he has this little lamb over here and he's sort of nudging him along. Maybe he has a little shimmer in a bush and the, the, the lamb's like, you know, and following it up this hill. As Abraham's going up one side, God is going up the other, nudging this lamb along. And at the perfect moment, he's going to get his horns caught in the bush and then even maybe poke him where he goes. And to me, so here's, here's the practical. Many of us are heading forward in this life and we see dark things ahead, like clouds. And the church is famous for bringing those up right now. Oh, yeah, you know, desperate times are ahead. Oh, are you prepared for this? And I... It's not that difficult times aren't ahead. Difficult times were ahead for Abraham in this, in this story. They were ahead for Moses in that story. They were ahead for the pilgrims in that story. But do we exercise the fact that, okay, even though I can't see it on the other side of this hill that I'm climbing right now, this hill of difficulty, God is working to perfectly match and meet my need. He knows what I'm going to need, and he's going to supply the grace when I need it. And so I don't know if that's practical enough. For me, it's a mental picture. And it's just, it's the fact that it always will converge and it will converge at precisely the right time. Never before. It's one of our challenges as Christians. We're always like, God, you could meet my need before, you know, that day. You don't have to wait till 1159 and 59 seconds. But it's the perfect timing. In the fullness of time is when Jesus does his best work. And that's, that's the story of our God. And I think that, I think it's in that perfect timing that actually proves our faith. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's as we are resting and trusting and, and not freaking out that we actually can rest in the fact that we know that whether or not we see it in the current state, he is a provider. I'm guessing that there's probably a lot of people listening who are going through, they're climbing that mountain yeah. of difficulty. Maybe just as a way to close, would you mind just even praying that Absolutely. we would just have a fresh vision of God as Jehovah Jireh yeah. and that whatever the circumstances of life may be, that they would experience him truly as the provision. Amen. Amen. Father, we as the body of Christ are oftentimes seeing the natural instead of the supernatural. And I pray that you would give us the grace to see, the eyes of faith to see that you are working right now to provide, to supply everything we need to, to go through any difficulty that is up ahead, any shortfall, any a health challenge, any financial challenge, any relational challenge, everything that we are going to face, you have a supply for it. And Lord, I pray that there would be a great rest that comes to our soul in knowing that. May the peace of God guard us, Lord, as we put our confidence and our hope in you. We trust you and pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. If you'd like to learn more about Ellerslie, our discipleship programs, or support the ministry financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn more.